right, so we are the Smoking Jays. We're here to discuss relationships, marriage, and parenthood. Parenthood. A podcast about three guys, three chapters, three attitudes. attitudes. And welcome, party people, to a brand new episode of the Smoking Jays. You're listening to us exclusively right here on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. I am your host, the one and the only Johnny Bones, and I am here with our usual suspects. First, let's give it up for the one and the only dad bod enthusiast. Let's give it up for the one and the only Mr. Johnny G. Woo, woo. What's up, everybody? You know, Johnny, I have to ask you before the show, you and I, well, I was showing off my dad bod to you. What do you think about my, my round belly at this point? Do I still have I think, some work to do, or am I, I getting think, there? Uh, I think that's the beginning of the end, right there, my friend. You're a yeah. dad, so the, the worst fucked. part of the worst part about it too is how fucking pale I am because I don't go go into the sun anymore. Because you know, <laughs> who the hell has time to go to the beach? I'm I I showed you my my belly in the in the video, and I'm like, wow, the fucking lights just like blinding me off my stomach. I thought it was just because the body hair reflects the sun. Ah. Oh. The body hair reflexes that is fucking good. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, you know that other voice that just chimed in right there. He is the dad joke aficionado. He's the one of the only just Jared. Jared, welcome, welcome, welcome. Wow, way to steal it in everything. Yes. So so I do have a, a quick family story. I, I love we love telling family stories here. And I remember years ago talking to my grandfather, how he could, he could go into the store with two bucks in his pocket and he could walk out with a gallon of milk and a dozen eggs, which we all know in 2023 is worth a gold mine. And he could walk out with lunch meat and all that stuff. And he said to me, well, you can't do that anymore. There's too many security cameras. I think that was, uh, I think you have to explain that one to us, Jared. Johnny G dropped off. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. You could go into go in with two bucks in your pocket. You could walk out with all these items, but mm-hmm. you can't do that anymore because there's security yeah, cameras. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It's wah, right. Wah, wah, wah. It, it, it was it was a it was a decent attempt, but you still uh, have the whole episode to right. get another another one back in. But listen, before we go on a rant here, as Jared likes to do at the beginning of every episode, let's introduce our special guest. We have another special guest right here on the Smoking Jays. This man is a fourth wall original. That's right. You heard me right. We're going back in the Wayback Machine, bringing bringing back the old guns, the top guns. He is the one and the only, the original doctor of the fourth wall. Let's give it up, ladies and gentlemen. Make some noise for the handsome, the tall, and the dark. Dan Haas. Oh, with the old school intro. It's so good to be on a podcast with you again, Johnny Bones. Yo, you Johnny too, Bones. my when man. When did it start? When was it? 20, 2018? 2018, bro. 2018, right? Was, and here it was, is six, six years down the line. Yeah, five, yeah man. It's like five years. God, it's the end of the night. Dude, <laughs> I remember that. It was me, you, John Grill, and two microphones. Right before SummerSlam 2018. And how fitting, because you know what else we did that night? We were smoking them Jays. And here we are. You are a guest now on The Smoking Jays. Like we always knew this moment was coming. It's full circle. <laughs> Man, I love we like how, to bring it back here. As we do. We right. bring it back here on the on the show. But uh, I love when things c- come full circle. 
glad to have you on doc so i know you have um you want to share some stories you know 2022 was was quite the year for you in your in your life obviously as as all the listeners know or if this is your first time tuning in this show we talk about relationships parenting and marriage um you know johnny being in his uh, second relationship with four children god bless (laughs) you me being a uh, a newlywed and a newly father or a, n- a new father over the past two years, <laughs> a, a newly father, and Jared being married now for what fifteen years? Hold on, don't do this. Shut up. Good for you, Jared. Fifteen years. August. August will be fourteen. Yeah, fourteen man. years, two children. So, Doc, although if he keeps up with the attitude, it might only be one. But I digress. <laughs> so, Doc, how what old pre- is he? He's nine, going on fifteen. The way he acts. There, as you dying, you have yeah, you don't even well, you yeah, you have the older ones, so you know, yeah, yeah. Not and the, he's got my wife's temperament, so mm. nine's usually like a decent year still, man. So like, man, when you get to eleven and twelve, oof, <laughs> worse. Thank oh. God, I still have some time before I, I get into that that mess. Yeah, I'm so jealous of you, dude. Okay, because like you know, you know I, I'm now in a situation where I'm where I have a step kid. I'm playing. I'm, a, I'm in a stepfather role in my life, and I didn't even get like any of like the cute years when they were a baby and a little mm-hmm. kid. Though, from what Heather tells me, there there weren't many cute years because he was a tough baby, apparently. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, she said, "You trust me, you didn't miss anything." She always tells me. <laughs> so, was, so, in other words, you're picking up. You're picking up in the in the, the 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 good time of year, the good times, right? Yeah, right. Right when middle school started, nothing mm-hmm. like a middle school boy. Oh, do you guys remember yourselves in middle school? Yes, yes. And were, you, were you as much of an asshole as every middle schooler that I know in my life? <laughs> I, f- I feel like I was definitely a little bit of an asshole, but I was going through like quite the transition period. Like I remember trying to come in at sixth grade, and you know, I was a little bit. I was a little bit of a dork, you know, in, in like uh, elementary school. So I figured, you know, new school, new people was trying to turn over a leaf. I thought it'd be cool to get an earring in seventh grade. Um, and then, uh, you know, I don't know. I was, I still was the class clown and shit, but um, I, I didn't get into too much trouble, but I, I definitely was a little jackass. I definitely had um, tinted prescription glasses when I was in, seventh and eighth grade mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's the thing that's the thing the conscious decision i made mm-hmm. back in what uh 1998 1999 yep. <laughs> pretty sure i rocked those at some point too good for you dude i'm happy about <laughs> one <laughs> pretty sure i did i'm still rocking them shit fuck it let's go so how wait. Tinted? <laughs> what's that what how tinted, tinted are they well well these are so it's would you said prescription sunglasses right no, not sunglasses. Regular glasses. Sunglasses. Okay, these were yeah. all the time tinted glasses. Yeah. So these mine are they they transition. So outside they get dark, but they get pretty dark. And then inside they're they're normal. So they don't really tint inside. Okay, yeah. See, mine didn't have that fancy technology. So the <laughs> reason I decided it'd be cool to wear sunglasses all the time in eighth grade for a period. There you go. Well, Jared, you, you you remember what was it? Uh 11th grade maybe when we got our first job at party city and mm. uh and we had those little blue fucking oh, uh little little blue oh, rectangular little, glasses i think yes. you had a yellow 
Um, yeah, we we wore those. We thought we were fucking. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, we thought we were the coolest shit in the yeah, world. Yeah, fucking with our little parachute pants and yep. and our Hawaiian shirts and uh, our our tinted fucking party city sunglasses. Man, see, at, during that time, I was wearing velour jumpsuits to to school. Well, hey yo, what? like oh. a real Guido with the got yeah. gold chains, the heavy chest hanging out, the velour. Mm-hmm. Hey, Johnny Bones here. What are you doing? So anyway. Wait. I have to, before we get too far away from the middle school talk, I have to tell you, this is how I know that the younger one's probably going to be the middle school asshole. The older one, a hundred percent is the sneaky ingenuitive. Is that a word? Ingenuitive? It is now. now. That's a a different breed of asshole in middle school. Yeah. So (laughs) uh, my older son uh, takes those long showers and I just keep telling myself that he does what I do in the morning where I just can't wake up. So he just sits in the hot water and just stands there. I do. So all the best. I'm like going through the house and I'm, I'm putting stuff away and I'm kind of getting some stuff, like getting things in place for the evening. And I, I hear somebody talking. I'm like, who the fuck is this? So I must've walked up and down the hallway five times. Finally, I was about to go down in the basement and I'm like, is that coming from the bathroom? So I popped the bathroom door open and I'm like, yo, who, like, who are you talking to? And he leans out out of the shower. Like he's laying in the tub with the shower on leans out and goes, what? I'm like, (laughs) who are you talking to? He goes, oh no, it's this dude stuffed his phone in a Ziploc bag so he could watch YouTube while he's in the shower. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, they wait till he discovers porn, dude. <laughs> oh my god. I was like, give me your phone. Don't oh, man. ever oh, my do god. that again. <laughs> ever. Dude, the shit that kid's gonna pull. Oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> oh god, that is it is so like what generation are these kids? Are these generation Z these kids? These are oh, what are they called? No Whatever idea. this generation is there love of the cell phone is just oh. disturbing mm-hmm. dude i just took a, my, my students on a trip to philadelphia we went to the philadelphia orchestra last wednesday so oh nice now i work at a charter school so our kids have to wear uniforms you know which is when it's it's a pretty lame but whatever you know and they want to have a dress down day so i told them you guys have a dress down day but you still have to dress nice because now the new fashion, especially with the girls in our school, is baggy jeans with holes in them. That's like a thing right now. So I have to legitimately tell them, like, you have to wear pants that don't have holes in them. They're just like, really? Yeah. I'm like, yes, yes. You do. We're going somewhere where you don't have to wear your I uniform. I bought them this way. To at least wear. It doesn't matter if you bought them this way. Yeah. Shut your mouth. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> You can't wear pants with holes in them to the symphony. How it's explained. So I'm like, this is where rich white people go to listen to music, okay? You got to dress <laughs> nice to this thing, okay? And you know, this, is, this is how I explain it to them. So kudos to them. They showed up dressed appropriately. Some of them actually dressed really nice. I was really proud of them. Like they, they dressed, like, you know, especially the girls. The girls took it as an opportunity to wear, like, you know, some of their nicer outfits out. Mm-hmm. They never get to wear to school, so that was cool. And the boys were just like, ooh, sweatpants. Or ooh, jeans. I said no sweatpants, but one boy showed up with uh oh no, he wore jeans. That's a lie. He did wear jeans. That's awesome. Awesome. But yeah, man. anyway, to continue my story, I there was more to that. Um 
they also wanted to be able to use their cell phones. And we said no. And it was like you told their kids that their mother died or something. Mm-hmm. Like they just were so upset that they couldn't mm-hmm. bring their cell phone. I'm like, fucking talk to each other. Read a mm-hmm. book. Like, yeah. don't like put that damn thing down for a bit. Like you, this trip is meant yeah. to be enjoyed without your cell phone. Right. Especially going You're to see something, to you have, have to the damn theater anyway. Yeah, you have to be in the moment. You have to be in the music. Just listen. Yeah, yeah. you can't just have your phones out when you're at a symphony like that. You have to right. listen to the room and just be in the moment. And they were. Kids don't understand that. They don't understand that though, unfortunately. And they were, and they had never experienced anything like that before. Mm-hmm. They had never been to a place to see live music like that before. I'm like. Mm-hmm. They, 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 and like, you know, my kids and, you know, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a title one district, you know, my kids are all, um, Hispanic, Latino, mostly Mexican. And like, they've net, they don't know that at all. Yeah. You know, they know, wake up, go to school and some of them come home and take care of their families, like the older ones, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just the life, the life they know. And, you know, they're, they're, they all work hard and for the most part, and they're good people, but they don't, they haven't gotten to experience like, They've come to America for the American dream, but they haven't gotten to experience all of American culture. Right. And that's part of like, I think as a music teacher, like one of the things I really got to do, because, you know, when you're teaching music, a lot of music's tied to pop culture too. So yeah. it's kind of teaching them like all the, you're also teaching them a lot of things that make America, America also. So it's happening. They got that experience. And it's like, it's also like, this is a real life thing. This is what makes life's great going to see experiences like this that stare at that fucking phone all the time mm-hmm. fuck that thing throw it out Green. as i talk oh. to you on this cell phone in my on car cell phone. yeah <laughs> how extenuating circumstances mm-hmm. so dan please let all of our listeners know what brings you on to the smoking jays today as i mentioned earlier 2022 was uh quite a year for you it was a, yeah, re- uh, a rebuilding year for you so now you yeah, are. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. good way to put it. Yeah, rebuilding. You're, you're, yeah, you're, to. Um, so like back in April, that's when I stopped kind of podcasting regularly with Matt and Jared. Well, Jared, that was so much in April because football season was over, and I was just like, you know, I can't do this right. And I was very cryptic about it, and I said, you know, I'm not. I can't do this right now. I got too much going on. And then about you know, a week or so later, uh, I separated from my. My well, my actually still wife, you know, we're still going through the divorce process, but you know, my then spouse, my then, my then wife. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, really like the hardest thing I ever had to do because, you know, in that moment, there wasn't any hate there, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, wasn't any, uh, but, but, the, but that in love feeling, you know, was, was gone. We've been gone for long enough that I couldn't do anymore. And to the point that I realized that was, you know, attracted to other people and you know i felt like i just couldn't keep trying anymore type of thing and you know it sucks like it's not you you don't want it to end that way you know when you get married and johnny you can i mean i'd love to hear your thoughts on this you know like when you get married that first time you don't want it to end that way you don't want it to end in a in a like you know a divorce like that it means it didn't work, you know, something you thought was going to work long term didn't. So, but like, I'm not, it's weird because I kind of was starting, I really was starting to check out a lot longer, like a lot before the actual breakup happened last April. And, uh, you know, and I also like was just 
like I realized I look back on it now I realized I was like you know I did have my eyes open I was like kind of looking around at other you know options again you know like I I was interested and I'm just like I was like I shouldn't I feel like I should have even known sooner but I also think I gave it every last minute I could give it and every last effort I could give it and you know and afterwards, after it went down, like, you know, I think we both realized at this point, you know, me and my ex, you know, we both realized it was, it's for the better like this, you know. Um, I think we both just couldn't be the partner that we needed each other to be. Me to her, guilty, 110%. I, and, and I own that guilt and I, and I, and I, and I, and I own that part of it. And, but her also, you know. And, you know, that's, that's part of like, that's just the weirdness of it. Like, you know, I can't believe I thought there was a time where I really thought I was that person. So whenever I think about it now, you know, which is less and less every day, you know, especially cause I'm, you know, I'm with somebody else, you know, who I met immediately afterwards. And, you know, like it was one, one of my coworkers, uh, her name's Heather. She's fantastic. And, uh, you know, I, you know, we had become like friendly in school. But then, like, the night after I slept with her, she shows up at uh, my gig, and she was supposed to come with a group of teachers, which I truly 100% do believe. Like, I do not believe that this is, this is a lie, because I, I think most people don't believe me, and I, I get why, because I don't know if I'd believe me either, but I promise you, this is 100% true. Everybody bailed on her, so she showed up anyway, and, you know, dancing, you know, we're obviously, we're making a connection, and, you know, by the end of the night, you know, back in the parking lot and I just went in for a move and, you know, kissed her and we kind of just have just grown and grown from there. And I didn't expect that to happen. You know, I didn't expect mm-hmm. it to happen right away. And I knew how negative that was going to make like me look and all this, like, mm-hmm. like you're going to look awful when all this comes out because of how close it was. And like, it's going to look like an affair. And I never did any, never had an affair or anything. Like I may have, we may have emotionally been starting to connect because she was with somebody also. And we may have emotionally been starting to connect with each other, but like we never, ever, ever even came close to taking the physical. It wasn't even like those moments where it's like, oh, we almost did. And then we stopped ourselves. They didn't even, mm-hmm. there wasn't even that, you know? So, but that moment, like even if it was the day after the I, I, I made my split, I was like, well, I got to see if like we, I got to see if, I, this is what I really want. Do I want someone different? How am I going to feel when I kiss another woman? I haven't kissed another woman in 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, or eight, nine, 10 years, you know? So right. I just went for it and it was just like nothing I never felt. I couldn't even believe it. Well, like, was it, the, it was, like, was the emotional connection prior to that very like apparent to you or didn't really yes. realize until it was there. So you, you it felt was it. apparent to me, maybe in the final week or two before we got together. It wasn't like the whole school year or anything like that. That mm-hmm. makes sense. You know, so, you know, and so we've just been together since, and now you know, I live with her. I'm down in Ocean County again, uh, not far from your parents' bones. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's just, I never been happier. Like, it's like a, like the feeling, we both say it all the time, the love we have for each other. It's like something we've never felt. So we never knew it existed until we met each other. Right. And it's, I feel like, you know, 
that's something you say to anybody you end up marrying, but it really does feel like a whole lot. Like we just understand each other more. We're, we're more supportive of what each other loves and our, and our beliefs and our, and our lifestyles. And we're just, we're just a lot more on the same page about, you know, what we expect out of each other as partners and then, you know, our love is, that's just, our love is just as much built on that as anything else, you know, because, you know, there's like, it's like a respect for each other and who we are, you know, like no issues, like, you know, no issues with like who I am as a person. So like, even towards like, you know, for me, I'm a musician and Bones, you're totally going to get this because you know how hectic the life is, mm-hmm. right? You know, you gig a lot much like me you know i think you even you probably even get more dates a year than i do but because you're so deep into the wedding industry Mm -hmm. whereas you know i'm really not at this point and uh like it's tough because we don't work nine to five right you know and you know one of the things that my ex you know said yeah it said to me after it was all done just like you know once i left stolen roads my old band I thought it was going to be like, you know, eventually just a nine to five sort of thing. And you're going to assume that sort of life because I, you know, I think that's what she truly wants somebody in that sense. And I'm just not that person. And I can't not be that person. Like I need to be playing music. Like it's a, in my blood. And like, that's like the first thing, one of the first things Heather said to me, is like, you know, I knew you was, she was a teacher, obviously. And she said, yeah, you're a great teacher. The kids love you. Just that. And the other thing. When I watch you on stage, I can tell like that's what you're what you're meant to be. This is like in your blood. It's what you're meant to do. I can never stop you from doing this. Even if I'm upset you're not home, I know you have to do it. And I'm not mad at you. I'm just upset, you know, right. that we're not together. And that's like a whole different vibe that I'm really getting used to, mm-hmm. you know, because I did feel like for a long time I was, you know, I felt like when I had to go on a gig, the way it was perceived in my old relationship was like I was cheating, you know, (laughs) with their own music. And I just feel like, you know, that I think she always thought like that would die down and it's never going to die down. It's just not like, there's nothing, no, there's anything I can do about it either. And I kind of want to circle back to that because that's what we do here, Jared. We circle back Mm, Um, that, that feeling you get, like you said, like you felt like you were cheating on them because you were out there playing music, which is what you do. I've been like that. I've talked about this on the show, you know, my past, which led me to where I am now to with my wife, my beautiful family, but, you know, coming out of a very toxic relationship, someone who knew that like my life, my passion was music and performing. And again, everyone knows anyone who knows me for more than a fucking for, for an hour knows that I need to be on stage. I'm a fucking never hit that shit. I I have to gift the gab. I I have to be on stage. Right. Yeah. You never hit that shit. Nope. But like not having that support to do what you love doing gives you this, like you said, the sense of guilt when you're and then when you're out there doing what you love doing that guilt is still like in the back of your brain and you just have like i mean as musicians dan you know that we are our own worst critics of course those those were some of the worst nights i had because i would i would be out i have that guilt in my head and i'd be like man did i perform as well as i could have then i started doubting myself why am i doing this then so now to fast forward to, to where you're at now where we both are now in our lives isn't it a fucking breath of fresh air to have that support 
of to, to be able to do what you do and be who you want yeah, to be out there. Exactly. It, it it has I have felt like my, my past three years of my life, I have <laughs> actually enjoyed being a performer and an entertainer more now than I did the five years prior to that. I noticed a, a happier being on stage immediately. Mm-hmm. Immediately after it happened. I, I you know, it's just yeah, I think I didn't feel a hundred percent like free on stage for lack of mm-hmm. a better term. And you need that. Yeah. You need to be up there like in the zone and not thinking that like you're letting somebody down so much. You know, and I don't want to be letting somebody down. Right. You know, I want to be with somebody who understands that. And I want my ex to be with somebody who understands that. You know? Like I want her to be with somebody who understands that. Right. Yeah, like it's as simple as that. I don't like, like, and I want somebody who understands her in that way and wants and you give her what she wants. I think that's, you know, I think that'll make her happy. And I think everybody deserves to be happy, mm-hmm. you know, okay. no matter how it went down, no matter what the feelings were, are, have been, were before, I want everybody to be happy, right. you know, and one of us wasn't happy. And then I was like, you know, you do all that. And then you start, that's when you started questioning bones. That's when you're just like, well, did I make the right decision here? Mm-hmm. Like, should I have... Should, I, should we have gotten married? Was I wrong? You know, um, she, she was the first person to ever, I feel, truly love me, my ex, mm-hmm. you know, like we first started dating. And that was big for me, you know, and I think that trumped a lot of things that I knew weren't, you know, that that I knew weren't exactly what I wanted. And I looked past them because uh, but someone actually loves me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm a, I'll 100 percent tell you, I'm a hard motherfucker today. I am, I am not easy. <laughs> you know, I'm not like high, high maintenance, but I'm not easy either. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a very, I can be very stubborn. Um, like I said with the music, this is what I am. This is what I do. I lay it out to you in the beginning, and I, you know, I hope it so, doesn't chase you off. I'm sorry. Right. So, so maybe I missed it maybe i i didn't catch it was there was there resentment i i guess is the only word i could grasp right now um or grab onto right now was there resentment for when you were doing that was it like like on stage i i don't like did she did she i'm trying to find the right phrasing for it but i get i'm going with did she resent when you were up there on stage, did she not approve of? I think like, she, yeah, I know what you're trying to ask. I think she definitely, there was like a part of like, well, you have this getaway, you have this hobby, you have this thing, this job, this second job, like, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like you bones, I only play shows to pay, you know, so I'm also mm-hmm. contributing income to the family too, you know, right. and I think there was like a kind of like, because I had that, that getaway, there was kind of a, I don't know, if, and I'm with you, Jared. I don't know if resent is the right word, but it's somewhere in that that ballpark, that realm of thinking, you know. So I mean, it was a, uh, it was definitely a, uh, it could be a sore subject at times, hmm. yeah. you know. But I felt like where we were as a couple, I needed to be working that much for us to be able to mm-hmm. kind of meet the goals that we were trying to meet and struggling to meet, you know. Right. In terms of like, you know movie for you, getting a house, having a family, things like that, you know, mm. 
because you know we don't have any kids so then in those lines you know that was always a tough thing too like you know i would have liked to have you know had kids two three years ago but it seemed like we just kept waiting away and then you know it was a, a little bit of trying but not 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 you know, it, just, it just you could tell it wasn't right anymore mm-hmm. you know at least mm-hmm. for me i could tell right. it wasn't right anymore i don't want to get too personal into that no of course you know yeah. but yeah but like i could just i just knew it was tied to move on because there was just so many things there's so many things there was issues within the fa- within family too when you know and so there was just a lot and um you know i, I here i am one of my 11 months later and it's probably it's probably the best decision i ever made in my life you know so let's like get i'm into so that. just happy now yeah so let's talk about that so now now you moved on you're, you're with yeah. heather you're living with her now but yep. you mentioned earlier at the beginning of the episode that you're like a stepdad now tell us about yeah so heather has an 11 year old boy yeah <laughs> ryan good kid he is a he's a great heart he's a very good kid mm-hmm. but i'm sorry he's 12 he just turned 12 um, very good kid, great heart. But at the end of the day, he's still a boy and he's still twelve. So we're just going. <laughs> I, I kind of just thrust myself right into like a middle school mm-hmm. aged boy, you know. And you know, it, it's and he's got a good support. He's got a good support system. So, so we live we live in like a bi level, and below in the bottom of the house is her parents, Heather's parents, and it's me, her, and Ryan in the top part, and. You know, we see, he's here Monday through Thursday, and he goes with his dad on Friday. Um, and he's with his dad Friday to su- Sunday, and then the next week he'll do Saturday and Sunday, and then Friday to Sunday, Saturday and Sunday. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's always four or five days a week he's around, and uh, it's it's we definitely in like each other. Like, there's no issue there, but when it's time for me to have to like lay the law down, like. Shit can get interesting in the mm-hmm. house, man. Shit can get fucking interesting. <laughs> um, you know, he's very close with his dad. Mm-hmm. He very much does miss his dad living with him all the time. He's very mm-hmm. much still grieving from his parents' divorce, which has been about four or five years down the road now. Um, yeah, he he's ha- I think he's having a hard time also knowing that like me and his mom are like this is it for his mom. Like she found her person. I found my person. I'm not going anywhere. And more importantly for him, his parents are not getting back together. You know, I think he always held out that hope because I think he also sensed that Heather's last relationship wasn't like the one. Mm -hmm. So he, in his mind, he's probably sitting there like, well, my parents get back together. It'll be fucking great. And then I showed up like right away and he was like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck. <laughs> you know? and, and as it gets closer, I think it's tough for him. Then, which makes sense. I mean, I come from a divorced family too. I was a little younger than, than Ryan when my parents divorced. So I don't have the same maturity to kind of process it the way he's processed it. But like, I completely understand why that's got to be hard to watch for him. And I try to be very understanding of it. But, you know, I also, you know, you can't let him walk all over you either. Because... Right. He is the type of kid who will do that. He can't give him like an inch because if you give him an inch, he takes a mile. He's one of those mm-hmm. types of kids, you know, and you can't go like easy on him when he gets in trouble. You go easy on him. He'll do what he has to do to get out of trouble. And let's go right back to being a dick again, you know, right. on the times when he is getting in trouble. And 
you know, that, that's something I feel like I've even kind of like taught Heather. I'm like, he's completely working you with this shit. Like he knows exactly what to do to get out of trouble. And then he lives with his grandparents too. And you know how grandparents are with their grandkids. There's Push, no fucking discipline, complete right, yep. pushovers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very sweet people. I love Heather's parents. They're very nice people, but complete pushovers are Ryan. You know, so that's and that's and that's their personality just in general, especially his grandma. You know, he's, she's just very and you know she's her, it's her grandchild. She should be the grandma. She shouldn't be disciplining the kid like that. She shouldn't have to be involved with those things, you know. You just have to make sure that she, because she lives with us, doesn't undermine any of our discipline. And that's been a thing at times. Right. You know. Yeah. Just saying, like, hey, like, we told him he can't have this. You can't go out and get him, like, Xbox or something. Like, he right. can't, like, yeah, he, like, he broke his Xbox and she just went and bought him a new one right away. And we were like, Jesus. We were not do that. We were going right. to kind of teach him a lesson to take care of his fucking shit better and control his temper. Because mm-hmm. 12 year olds and 11 year olds need that fucking lesson, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm so, probably, and I'm probably like the strictest person in his life now. When you first met him, yeah. was it a little rocky at first to kind of build that relationship with him, or did did he take to you pretty quickly? Um, he definitely <clears throat> gave me a chance right away, and I always appreciate that about him. He didn't like just say, you know, go fuck yourself, asshole, get out of my get out of my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not my dad. What's yeah. that? You're not my dad. Yeah, right. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I didn't, you know, I'm not. I didn't get jump right in there and start fucking. Right, you motherfucker, you do this shit. But obviously, I didn't do that right away. The right. only thing I did right away is if he was being disrespectful to his mother. That doesn't fly with me. Because right. that was a big, I, I was raised by a mom. Me and my dad's in my life too, but I was raised in a house with a mom and a stepdad. And that was like the biggest thing is like, don't be disrespectful to your mother. Like, yeah. that's not, that's not going to fly at all. And she definitely, with, you know, you know, her her ex definitely wasn't very good with discipline at all. He kind of was very hands off with it, which Heather did not like, you know, and that was one of the reasons they didn't work out because he just wasn't enough of that male figure in Ryan's life that he needs. Like you need, you know, you, he needs the type of kid who needs a, some sort of male figure in his life on a daily basis, because if it's just a female, he feels like he can just you know, walk all over and say everything he wants. And Heather not having the support at the time, he, he Ryan pretty much got away with it for a long time. So having me come in the picture and put an end to that shit, that's been the hardest thing for us. But mm-hmm. it's also been a learning thing for him, and he's become he's grown, you know, as a kid too. He's gotten better, and he he's not as bad with his mom. He's getting a lot better. He's not perfect, right. and he's not going to be because he's twelve, and there's nothing you can do about it. But he definitely thinks twice now, and he understands that there's going to be consequences for his actions now. You know, like he's he does he's big loves gaming, big gamer, and so the bit the biggest punishment we the strictest punishment we can give to him is taking away his video games. Mm-hmm. You know, so and when he does that, he's just he's he's not pleased. But then he winds up spending more time with us, having more family time with us, and he enjoys that too. And mm-hmm. I think like you know, and you know, at that age, it's just it's the age where your parents, or especially your mom, is just not cool anymore. You're mm-hmm. starting to get the get away from me, mom, get away from me, mom, you know, and, you know, he doesn't do what his dad I means. His dad is like his hero, which is that's cool. I have no problem with that, obviously, right. you know, and even with me, he's cool. He's big into sports. Jared, he loves the Chiefs, loves Mahomes. Mm. Yeah. Smart kid. That's yeah, smart, he loves smart kid. Mahomes, dude. Yeah, Mahomes is his boy. It's, 
I was like, we were sitting over the Super Bowl. And he definitely has the sports temper. And we're just like, oh, my God, the Chiefs lose this game in the Super Bowl. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. (laughs) So thank you, Patrick Mahomes, for being awesome and not making it a miserable night in our household. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Love it. So, so yeah, so he has definitely improved in that sense. And it's just been – it's different for me. I really think, man, just how he is sometimes. And I just remember how I was at times with my stepdad. Dude, he's in heaven right now, and he is laughing his fucking ass off at me. He's going, ha, you motherfucker, this is what you get. <laughs> the fucking shit you gave me sometimes, you little fuck. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> in a very yeah. loving, endearing way. Of course. Yeah. I, 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 want to, I want to go back. You mentioned something. You mentioned about, like, family time. Did, did it does does it feel like family time now when you're home with heather and 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 ryan yeah you know, and the, the, does he feel like it's family time too when he's with the yes. two of you now and yeah he definitely does and he's definitely made allusions to it like even today like i told him yeah i had a rehearsal i had a rehearsal we'll be fine earlier today mm-hmm. and um and i was last night was i last night last night i think i wasn't around i wasn't around for much tonight and he made a point to say, like, oh, man, you're not going to be around as much tonight. So he's definitely, like, I'm accepting. Again, I'm definitely, you know, he's definitely, or the other night, he said, the only Devils fan in our family is you. You know, because <laughs> they're all fucking <laughs> Rangers fans. Right. So, you know, and uh, mm. the shit like that. And then, um, you know, he did a project at the beginning of the year, and they asked, who do you live with? It was a get because he started middle school this year. So it was a get to know you. And his teacher was like, who do you live with? He was like, my mom, my stepdad, my grandma, and my and we're not even married, so he's calling right. me saying, Heather and I haven't gotten, you know, we're, we're going to get married as, as you know, soon as we can, mm-hmm. you know. But he's definitely, like, he's definitely taken to me in the stepdad role. He'll talk to me about girls, stuff like that, you know. He just, mm-hmm. you know, when it's cool, we're great. But the minute I'm upset with him, he's just like, yeah, yeah I'm going to go live with my dad. Oh, you guys are suck. Right. And fuck, does this boy hate doing chores? Oh, man. Oh, dude, it's just like, and we give uh, him absolutely nothing to do. His mm. chores are legitimate. Clean the damn room, mm. wash the wash the bathroom, and uh, do your own damn laundry. Those are his chores. Not even chores. It's just things you should be doing. You know, right? We'll take care of the kitchen. I'll take I'll take care of the vacuuming and, and the sweeping. I'm cool with that. You know, but he does help when I have to do like man shit around the house. Like he likes doing that stuff. Like we had a mm. replace do some plumbing shit with one of our our laundry or washing machine stuff mm. up or something. And he wanted to come down. And he was helping me do that. So that was cool. Um, there was something else he did that he helped me with. Uh, oh, when we, he got a new, we got him a new desk, gaming desk for his, uh, for like his birthday. He wanted to help me put that together. So he's down for doing cool stuff like that. So yeah. I, 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 that much I enjoy. That when, you, when he does want to come outside and play sports, you know, I'll shoot basketball with him. He's, a, he's just got a new hockey net. So he's playing that right now. Jared, mm-hmm. tell you what, kid's a really good baseball player, has no interest in playing anymore. Oh, do you know what it is? And you could definitely relate to this because you're a coach. Um, his dad was his coach, and because he doesn't live in the same town as his dad anymore, that was like his dad was a good ball player. His dad played minor league ball, you know. Okay. And right, and I said, of all the things I tell him, once I do it, of all the athletic things I've seen you do, the most natural thing they've seen you do is swing a baseball bat. Oh, that's and he's and he's and he's a, and he swings lefty and throws righty. Oh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know, but he just and dude, on top of that, he play in Tom's River. Like this is like the youth baseball capital of fucking like New Jersey, dude. 
Do you guys want to move to Monroe real quick? Or that... <laughs> he doesn't want oh, wait, to play. No, if he lived in Monroe, he'd, mostly, he'd be a better chance of getting his dad to do some like coaching stuff possibly with him again. So because he lives in Keyport, his dad, so it's a little closer oh, to Monroe than Pine yeah. Beach. But um, but I said I think not having his dad around, like that's why he doesn't want to play baseball. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's because he stopped liking the game. I think it's because he lost that connection. And he's kind of alluded mm-hmm. to that to me before. And I was like, dude, I, I know what you mean, but you're really good. I think you're sort of changing stuff. I think you could go out and at the very least make like this, the, the B team right now, you know, if not the A team. Yeah. Apparently, Heather said he could pitch. And Heather said like when he played, he stopped when COVID happened. COVID fucked him hard. But like yep. he stopped when COVID happened. And she said like he was a legit good ball player. Like he, his coach said he's, he could probably play high school ball and everything. You know, I said he was into it with his dad, but I think losing that connection with his dad, going out and playing catch in the yard with him every day, you know, working on his swing with him every day. And instead, his dad actually knows the hell he's talking about because he played. So I think losing that connection has really hurt him wanting to play baseball. He does want to play basketball still, and he's getting better at basketball. Okay. He is. That's yeah, he's starting, he's starting to learn how to dribble properly. Like, definitely, when I first met him, he thought he was Steph Curry. And, like, you know, that's his parents. They don't want to crush his dreams. But I'm like, listen, kid. You keep telling me you want to play in the NBA. You're not going to play in the NBA doing this shit, okay? That I can tell you because I do know how to play basketball. It's <laughs> so all like the first thing you got to do. Look, you look at your hands while you're dribbling. You, you got you can't look at your hands while you're dribbling. You got to learn how to dribble without looking at the ball, man. Like you're never going to be able to make it. And I said he's. I don't know how tall he's going to be, but right now he's not the tallest kid. And you know he's gotten a little. He's starting to lose weight again, which is good. He's he's definitely lost probably like 15, 20 pounds since I met him, getting himself back oh, into wow. shape again, which is nice. So he got a little chunky during the COVID. So he wasn't doing anything except playing the video games, you know? And uh, but now he's starting to work. He's starting to get – he's close to being able to shoot over his head. He's getting there. Um, and it's okay. about the age that boys make the switch, I would say, like 12 years old, to shooting over their head. But he didn't even understand that that's something he had to learn. I'm like, dude, if you want to play, like, middle school and high school ball, you got to learn how to shoot over your head. You have to learn to dribble up, look at the ball. You have to learn that, like – doing the power wash thing while dribbling does absolutely nothing for you. You know, shit like that, you know? And you have to learn how to use space to score and make points. You have to create separation. That's how a little guy, if you watch Steph Curry play, he creates separation and he scores and he's a little guy. Now, you might grow and become maybe six foot four. His dad's like maybe six, one, six, two. So, like, he, he could be taller, you know? So, but six, two in the NBA and in, in basketball, it's a point guard in college and maybe a what a small forward in high school. Right. You know, so, so, but yeah, but it's cool. Like we've kind of been doing things like that. So there's definitely a relationship growing between us mm-hmm. and that's okay. awesome. You that's know, awesome. what is good? It's really good. It was fan. He said he loves sports a lot. You know, we, uh, you know, and he said he's, he's big into lots of different sports. So that's always nice. Um, honestly bones. And, and you guys, the biggest thing that he said, he's, a naturally talented like musician. Like he's one of those kids that can just sing That's and awesome. pick. You know, really like I, I really. plugged in the electric piano and I, I showed him Phil Dre and he picked mm-hmm. it up like almost immediately. Because he could just hear nice. it. Like he knew he heard the chord switch and he knew he had to move his fingers. And Bones, as you know, and as all you guys know, like and he's in music, like that's not easy to do. Like you have right. to some that's something like some people aren't born with that gift. So we keep trying to get him. He's a ham too. He loves like acting a fool and being like, like we keep trying to get him through drama. And he just, he's at that phase where acting and singing's gay. So right. even right. though he has no goals, like we try to like, <laughs> dude, you, like 
if you join theater, dude, you're like the, you're like one of like two straight dudes in that fucking room. That's the most mm-hmm. ungay thing in the whole world, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you're like one of two straight dudes there. All the girls are pretty good looking. You know, like you're talking, mm-hmm. you're talking like right pick, say prime pickings here, kid. What the hell are you talking hey. about, gay? You have no clue what you're talking about. He'll, he'll hey. figure it out once he gets to high school. Oh yeah, in high school, real quick. In high school, yep. me, me, Jared, and Johnny, we were all in the the, the musical our senior year. That was a hell of a year. That, that was, was our favorite time. year. What <laughs> musical? It was called My Favorite Year. It was actually year. called My Favorite oh, Year. Oh, My yeah. Favorite Year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But it was yeah. our favorite year. I mean, it, we, we definitely, uh, I mean, it was, it, was, it was nice. I mean, it was good times. I mean, it was, I don't know. I can't, uh, I don't want to speak too much on it, but it was, yeah. we, fun was had by all. We need to uh, pr- protect the innocent. Perhaps yeah. a little, little too much stories. fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's just weird fucking shit happens mm-hmm. in high school fucking musical mm-hmm. theater practice, especially oh, yeah. in the, in the shit loft. that happens in that fucking <sighs> school that you're in. Yep, is during fucking high school musical theater or something. Yep. Nothing fucking weirder will happen in that school than the shit that happens behind those doors, dude. Yep, <laughs> or, or, or behind the curtains in the loft above the stage. Yeah, yes. exactly, dude. <laughs> On no the yellow couch. Of kids in the whole school have a keen like knowledge of hard to find places in the mm-hmm. school than the musical theater kids because yep. <laughs> they're in the school for hours on end. Mm-hmm. Yep. And dude, I remember like dude in, in Lakewood High School in their theater, there was like a secret bathroom, dude. Mm-hmm. It was the shitter bathroom. Only few kids knew about it. You had to have done theater. So like there was. You had the stage, and then behind the stage, there was, like, the spare room, but there was, like, a fucking shitter back there that no one knew about, so it was clean as fucking hell, dude, so that was, like, you would, I would legit, I would walk, like, five minutes across the school to go shit in that shitter, so one, nobody fucking bothered me, because apparently taking a shit in high school is warranting people to make fun of you. Is that, that, yeah. Was that a thing in your school? Why the fuck was that a thing? Why did we make fun of kids for taking a shit? Like, what was that ever a fucking thing in my life? Like what the fuck is wrong with children? What was wrong with us? <laughs> That's a long list. Yeah. I was more worried about who was gonna find me taking a shit. Not because they're gonna make fun of me or anything, but just like you never know. You know, if, like you squeeze one out and you, you get looking if, if it's gonna sound wet or if it's if mm. you fart really, really freaking loud. So <laughs> we had one too. I honestly can't remember where it was. I think it was West Campus. We had a clean bathroom too that I would want to say it was all the way down by like the nurse's office and the guidance hallway. You know, it was far away from all the main bathrooms and uh, same deal, man. I would I would go way out of my way to to take a shit in either the cleanest or, or less mm-hmm. populated bathroom. Um, just just because, you know, I wanted that privacy for sure. We talk about relationships, yeah. marriage, parenthood and bowel movements. Yes. <laughs> There's any high school kids listening right now. My advice to you for the rest of high school Go find the most private shitter in that school, and that's mm-hmm. your fucking home. Yep. Don't tell nobody else about it. Not your best friend. Not your girlfriend. Nobody. That's your fucking shitter. Well, see, and that's where <laughs> some of us might disagree, because if you find that bathroom that's that private that nobody else goes there, that might be the spot where you pull your girlfriend into. But You convince her, too. I found the cleanest spot we can go to. <laughs> it, it, it actually might work to your advantage. Because it's there's definitely a private. Here, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a fucking been... toilet in here, Jonathan. <laughs> That's it. So, Dan, you know, um, you had, uh, first off, our situations, you, you had uh, wanted, I think you wanted to know a little bit about my situation, but um, 
our situations aren't actually much different in terms of how it all happened. Right. Um, I mean, I have two kids and my fiance, the girl I wound up with didn't have any kids and she was much younger. So there's a lot of differences, but the, the, the core portion of how that started, like not being happy, having that empty space uh, within yourself and not knowing how to, how to fill it kind of thing. And, and kind of got to a point where in the relationship um, for me, I think I was, I think in a, in a way we were both unhappy, but for me, I was, I was, uh, I think first or more so. And it got to a point where, you know, I started falling out and, and, and in my story, I almost in a way started seeking those things to try to help fill that void um, in these roundabout ways, you know, like I started catching myself, you know, paying more attention to other, to other uh, women and, and girls. And, um, you know, I would notice, you know, if somebody was attractive or not. And I, mean, I think we all do, even if you're in a happy committed relationship, like you can notice when somebody's attractive, but the example there's I used, there's a is difference. Like, right. Exactly. And I think, I think the example I'm going to use, and maybe, I don't know if you guys can re- you know, agree or disagree from whatever, but you can go to the beach, right. And you could sit there and you could, you could watch every girl that walks by actively and say, all right, she's hot. She's hot. She's hot. Right. But if for me, I noticed that when I got into that committed relationship after my divorce and I was truly happy, I, I didn't even notice the other girls a lot of the times on the beach. Like I wasn't going out of my way to look for them or look at them. Like I I think when you're happy in a committed relationship, like really, really, truly happy, like those things don't pop out at you as, as glaring as they might, if you're otherwise not fulfilled, you know, and I don't really know how else to say it other than that. And, And I don't know, maybe it's just, it was just a me thing, but I did notice that in my relationship when I was married, I did catch myself a lot of time wondering, you know, I wonder what she's like, or wonder, Oh, she's nice. Or, wow, she's cute, you know? And, and, um, and then after that, you know, when I, when I moved on, um, that really stopped. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've been together now eight going on eight, going on, nine, I don't know, eight or nine years <laughs> and, um, and still going strong. And as Johnny bone said, we, I have two, four kids, two with my first wife and then two with my fiance. And, um, I'm really lucky though. Everybody gets along. Even my ex and, and my fiance get along really well. It wasn't always that way. It just kind of started a couple of years ago because my son does racing. So we're always at the racetrack together. Um, but it definitely took, took a while. Um, it's funny. I actually just had this conversation with, with my daughter yesterday about how, so her mom, so her mom started dating again and, um, you know, it's, it's really early on, but she, she met a guy and, um, you know, they're talking and she actually introduced them to the kids, uh, recently. And it was in a public setting, you know, they're out at a park or some kind of festival or something somewhere. And, you know, the feedback I got from the kids was really cool, but my daughter's 11. And all she's known really since she was three is her when she's with mom, it's her and mom, you know, it's her and her brother and mom. And now mom's taking some time away from the kids and making that sacrifice, right. To get to know somebody else and, and, you yep. know, put some time in uh, for herself. And, you know, I, 
try to explain to my daughter, like, first I asked her how she felt, you know, kind of get a gauge for where she's at. But I said, listen, hardest thing I ever had to do was, was leave your mom. And I didn't really say it like that. I said, you know, for the hardest thing I ever had to do was really just kind of like be away from you guys. And when mom and I decided to go our separate ways, um, that was a hard decision to make because I went from spending all my free time with my kids to half of my free time with my kids and Mm -hmm. to make room for somebody else. And now can't imagine what that feels like. It's, 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 it's hard. I'm an emotional guy to begin with, but like whenever I start talking to my daughter about this, this shit, I, it it all kind of comes back, um, barreling back. And, and I start putting myself like, it's inevitable. Like I'd automatically put myself in her shoes when I'm explaining things to her and try to like, I almost kind of can feel how she's feeling or how I would feel if I were her. And it's terrible. Um, you know, it's something that I don't think I'll ever really truly forgive myself for doing. But what I tell myself is that, and this is, you know, the deciding factor in me doing it was they were so young. My daughter was like three and my, my son was, was barely one and a half. Um, so they have some memories, not so much my son, but my daughter has some memories of her and I together. Um, but it's, it's fading and she's got videos and pictures and, and, and all of that. But what's great is that she gets along so well with my fiance and my fiance came in, in a situation kind of like you where like had to basically take on these two kids. And at the time she was 19, 20 years old. So um, she went out of fucking high school or into college and mom, mom of two. And she, she, it wasn't at 12 years old, but she missed the diaper phase and the, you know, all that. Um, But she's done an admirable job over the years. And now we've got two little ones we're raising together, but, you know, back to my daughter, um, you know, I just had, it was hard to try to explain to her, you know, why people do the things that they do in relationships and why they choose to leave. Because I said like me and mom and I never, you know, we didn't get married with the intention of getting divorced. That's never the plan, right? You never want to do that. I mean, you think it's forever, but people change, feelings change, things change, situations change, and she'll learn that in time. And I think she understands she's pretty mature for her age, but um, I said, the biggest thing for you, the hardest thing you're going to have to adjust to is that understanding that there's sacrifices that need to be made in life. And right now her mother's got to make a sacrifice and taking time away from spending with the kids to make herself whole again. And I think all in all, she's okay with it, you know, and, and she's got room in her heart to let somebody else in, especially for the happiness of, her, her mom, but I'm sure it's not easy, you know, because now she's, she's also got to make space for whoever that man is. And it's not just the space for mom. It's now space for somebody else. And um, so, I I mean, I don't envy her. I don't envy your, your stepson. No, he's in the same boat, man. Yeah. It's it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Like when we first, especially when Heather and I first started dating, like he wasn't used to her not being around not spending that time with yeah. him she was like hey i you know and he had to make some adjustments he's still making adjustments you know right. and how he approaches spending time with his mom and he's still learning how to grow into that relationship and then he's still learning how to it's like carve that place out for me yeah. and you know at the end of the day and i've i've felt this way because i come from a divorced family you know for in that sense that was worse i was young and, you know, my parents have no business being together. So I'm going to preface this comment. I'm about to say with that. <laughs> they would have no business being with each other. They just, that they're not, 
the right people for each other. Despite having two kids, they're not the right people for each other. But there's no doubt about it that if I had to pick the perfect scenario, my parents are the perfect people for each other and they're still married. Right. Like describe your, like, this, there's no disrespect to my stepfather who was like a father to me, you know, and I was I'm, I'm so happy he was in my life, you know, I would not be the man I am today without him. But if you had to pick perfection, you're always going to say, right. I want my parents to be together. Right. Like I wish my parents would be together. And that never goes away. I'm 38 fucking years old. And I still have that feeling in my body. Yeah. And I told Ryan that too. I'm like, you're, you're probably never going to lose that, but you still have to accept that it's never going to happen. It's, yeah. You can want that wish, but you have to know that wish isn't coming true. Right. You know, it's I, just not, and you have to be okay with it at some point. I've always wondered if my kids thought, you know, because her, she stayed single for so long and she dated here and there, if they ever kind of thought they're in the back of their mind, we would get together. But um, I always kind of wondered that because you think I feel like every every kid who whose parents are divorced is, is assuming the situation would be right. You know, they would prefer to have their parents together in the same right. house under the same roof. Right. I mean, I I think I, I mean, I know for me when I was having that conversation with my daughter yesterday, I said, listen, I, I mean, you don't think that I don't think about that every day of my life. I mean, literally every day of my life that goes by, I think about that on some level or another. And in a perfect world, I would love to have had. Um, you know, be with my kids 24 seven under the same roof, come home and have dinner with them every night, um, see them off to school every morning. Um, but I wasn't in my partner in life wasn't the best partner for me. And and doing all those things. And at the time, my fear was I wasn't going to be the best version of myself long term. And then what went, you know, get to be your, your, your stepson's age 12, 13, 11, whatever it is, if, if I try to make it work for that long and then didn't, you know, what kind of resentment is going to be there? Like I thought about all this stuff, planning it forward and, you know, best case scenario, maybe none, but I wasn't willing to take that chance. So I made that ultimate sacrifice and decision when they were little. And I think it's, it's panning out. Okay. But the biggest thing is just finding, you know, finding that balance and um, you know, and being okay with it. And it's funny. Cause I asked my son, you know, just kind of joking, like, so what do you think of this guy? And what if he wanted to move in? And what if mom decided she was going to like, just joking around and like throwing all these crazy scenarios. And he said, finally just stopped me. And he just turned nine. He goes, dad, he goes, listen, I, whatever mom wants, as long as mom's happy, then I'm happy. That's all I care about is I just want her to be happy. And he's such a mush, you know, he's got a big heart. Um, and he's a really go with the flow type of a kid, but he is one of the middle children. So we, we, you know, we try to coddle that as well um, on both sides. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be rough at times. Um, it's definitely going to be an adjustment because now you're bringing another person's family into the fold, right? So holidays and all that gets a little bit crazier. But I think the one thing, like you, going back to what you said about, like, if you were to replay it in your head in a perfect scenario, right, they'd be together under the same roof. Um, if for no other reason than just the time lost, like for a long time, she was living in, in our hometown, you know, in well, my hometown where, where um, Jared and I grew up and Johnny and I actually really closer to where Johnny grew up. Um, and I was living up North in, you know, in Warren County and I was doing the drive three times a week, taking them to school. Cause they, we had 50, 50 split. So I would take them to school 
And then I'd have to drive up back up here to work, leave work early some days, drive back down, get them to school, take them to their events, drive them, you know, home. And early in the morning, the next day, drive like it was, I was back and forth, you know, in traffic both ways and putting them through that for years, like yeah. spending an, an, three hours a day in the fucking car. Um, I, dude, I questioned myself so many times, like, man, and, and my biggest fear was that they're going to resent me someday and they're going to hate me for the time that they lost. And I'm going to hate myself for the time that I lost. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because when this all went down, I thought to myself, probably when my daughter's 11 or 12 is when I'll have to really start worrying about it. I've got time. My daughter just turned 11 in January and I'm out of time. It's like, now she understands the things and she's watches TV shows about, you know, couples and breakups and, um, I wasn't as, as strong as you, I've admitted it on the show before, but there was infidelity on my end. So, um, you know, that was, that was tough. And if I could do that over again, I certainly would, but I was also one of, you know, in my mind, like, you know, if this is the decision I'm going to make, you know, I really no, need to know on all fronts, um, if that's, if that's going to work out or whatever. So testing the waters you know, test driving the car, so to speak, it's right. fucked up, you know, totally ashamed of it. Um, can't, but I can't change it. So I own up to it. And, um, there's going to be a day where my daughter or my son asks me, so what happened? Like, and I've always told him I'd be honest, but, um, you know, what happened and, and I'll, I'll be upfront and honest with them. And, um, you know, hopefully they can learn from my mistakes and they can see the sincerity in, in my face. Um, when I tell them, because I think that's the biggest thing is just trying to, you know, maintaining it and, and, you know, fueling that relationship long-term is just being straight with them. And I've always been since they were really little, anytime I could see my daughters in the, in the mirror, you know, like her wheels are spinning Belle, What's the matter? What are you thinking about? And she'd be like, so blah, 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 blah. When you were with mommy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh, okay. She's starting to put pieces together. You know, it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, it's it's you know, it's wild to think about as they get older and they start like yeah, piecing it together, asking the questions. And you were talking about, you know, when you were going to infidelity. I mean, obviously, I the thought had crossed my mind, you know, multiple right. times in probably the last, I'd say, two years of my of my of my marriage, you know, and I never acted on it. Cause I just, I just, I was able, I just was able to not, I, I, I kept myself, I did a pretty good job. I think of keeping myself out of situations where I, <laughs> that's the biggest part is right. just don't just stay at, if I, I know a thousand percent, if I put myself in that scenario, I'm going to fail. I'm not, I just wasn't strong enough of a, of an individual to, so, to not. That was the last, really the last thing for me when I knew it was over. That's what I said to myself. If I'm in a situation where I can sleep with, you know, and at this point, you know, I was, you know, as I said, I was already, you know, friendly with Heather. We already knew there was a connection with each other. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to fucking do it. If I'm in a situation where that ever happens, like, I'm. that's when, you know, for sure. I'm really going to be fucking do it. Like I know I am. And then that's why I realized I'm like, I got to be done with this. I can't do that. I don't want to do that. And, you know, I just, I, I, I needed to move. I, I, that was the last real camel straw that broke my back. And luckily 
in the time I made that decision and the time that I actually, you know, broke the news to my ex, like, I definitely just, like, I'm happy I wasn't in that situation because I'm sure I would have failed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's the one thing I use as and plan to use as a teaching moment for the kids is if you ever, you know, just don't put yourself in those situations. And, and I, I mean, part, part of it was my fault. Well, I mean, almost all of it was my fault, but part of it was we worked together, but I also worked in the restaurant business. And if anybody's ever worked in a restaurant business, you know how risque that can be at times. Um, (laughs) I work at school. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm sure there's not very much difference, but you spend more time with these people than you do your own families and you get to know them really well. And then there's, it's just, you know, there's, there's the flirtation and then there's the crosses your mind. Like, what well, was, was she serious or is she kid? I had um, one girl at one time, she called me her, her work husband. And it was the most innocent thing. And I thought about it and, and, you know, I started paying more attention and she starts giving me eyes and, and I'm like, I need to back away from the situation or like, like yesterday. If you um, have a work spouse, that you don't want to fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I was, um, it was not my, they were, they were not my proudest moments and it wasn't like, I mean, it went, it went on and off for a couple of years and the, and it was multiple times. The first time I, um, man, my heart, I just, I, I hated myself. Um, I hated myself so much and, and, and Jared knew about it. Um, I had texted him and I'm like, what the fuck do I do? You know, like this point. And then, uh, I was in the process of like, kind of mending things on my own. And she hadn't known about it. I didn't tell her she found out. Um, and that was tough. And, um, we, we, we went through and got, got our shit straight and, um, we were great for a period of time and, um, but you know, six, eight, 10 months went by and things started falling off again. And I, and that with the set, like, that's when I was like, okay, you know, my feelings are fading. We're, 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 we're not even on the same page. Uh, but we were young, you know, we met in college, we, we moved in right after college. And I won't use that as an excuse. Cause I think we were mature enough to know the situation, but I feel like, we just kind of followed a natural progression of things. Like, you know, we were together, we were in love. We didn't want to be with anybody else. We didn't know uh, any different. And the next logical thing was to get married and have kids. And in fact, we married a month after or two months after, or no, it did, whatever it was, two months after Jared got married. So it was the same year. So it's, it, and our kids are, it's funny because our kids are uh, like a year apart each. Like it goes 12, 11, 10, and nine, you know, <laughs> his mind, his mind. So, um, yeah. you know, everything really kind of paralleled. Um, but I think, man, 14 years, that's, and we were together since 04. So I th- I don't know that you and you and your wife were together since, what, what we, when did you start dating, Jared? It was a little after 2004, right? 2005. Five, yeah. yeah. So 2005. Yeah, you know, not not far much of a difference, but um, yeah. The after when I realized things were not really fixed, and I my mind was starting to wander again, I knew I was in trouble, and that that drug on and in internally that battle for me was a solid couple of years, and I invited all the emotional cheating I could handle. 
and not in lot like willing, you know, like I didn't go out seeking it, but you know, if a girl at work was flirting with me, I, I let it happen. You know, oh, yeah. if, if somebody was like, you know, giving me the eyes or, you know, put your yeah. arm around me and like touch my shoulder. I didn't, I didn't turn them away. I didn't well, say nothing. Like listen, I didn't do enough on my end to really fix it. You know, here's the thing, dude, but here's the thing. Like you felt that the connection at home wasn't there that, right. You know, that, you had that to find this somewhere else that, that, yeah, you had to find it somewhere else. You weren't getting that in your relationship anymore. You know, you were magnetic, you know, for me, at least there was the physical connection. A lot of it was gone. And even like as much as like, you know, just yeah. stuff like that, like it just kind of felt like it was more like I'm living with my best friend now. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly you know? how I, there how was I felt. no, there's no hate there. You know, you know? with best friend, best, yeah. roommate, uh, raising yeah, the kids together. I had a felt. So yeah. you're, you're looking for that, like, oh, this girl still finds me attractive. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And In a perfect the point where I'm like, am I not attractive to you any, any, anymore? Am I, you not, am I not attractive? Because the attraction was like the, 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 I think that was, I always wanted to still be attracted to yeah. her, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, and I really do fucking honestly say, I really wanted to be attracted to her until, you know, nearly the very end. And then it, it all, but all it took was kind of, realizing there was somebody who was more on your wavelength out there yeah. that really could like, and you just, I mean, I fell in love and bones. I'm going to hop over to you real quick. If you don't mind, of course. because I remember when you and lady bones met, it, it seemed like it was, you guys fell in love with each other very quickly, you know, from what I can gather and remember now you may want to correct me a little bit there. I want, I want bones to comment on that. And then I want to circle back because I, my, I, I mine was very similar. But, okay. Yeah, go ahead, John. Uh, okay, but yes, yes. It, it was like that for us. I, I don't say yeah, we, for me too, man. It, it, yeah. it, it, it was like that for me right off the bat. It took it took a man, uh, my, my wife a little while to 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 uh, to show those strong feelings for me because she was also a little standoffish, not ready for anything yet. But because okay. I was so persistent and, you know, <laughs> I was going to say bones. patient, but you can't. I'm like, nah. stink on shit. You can't get rid of me. But so. I, Johnny Bones, I think <laughs> fucking patience. I think the Dalai Lama. Yeah, look yeah. like the Dalai Lama. <laughs> uh, but go, go ahead, Johnny. Let, yeah, no, I mean, mine you, was man. the same. I mean, I had a couple of, you know, I had a couple of moments over a period of a couple of years where, you know, I was welcoming, you know, innocent banter, which then turned into non-innocent banter, mm-hmm. and I think all along in a roundabout way, like just subconsciously, I was searching for whatever feelings I could get at the times I could get them to fill that, that, you know, void that I had within me. And, you know, the initial situation, it was, it was more of a physical thing. Um, And then that worked, but there was, it was never going to work. Right. And then, then I had an emotional relationship for a period of time, which was not uh, really very physical. Um, But I mean, the thoughts were there. And so it was like, all right, there's a problem here. And, and then the chemistry, right? So I started thinking after I really started dissecting all this, you know, I'm looking at my relationship and my marriage. I'm like, well, this is how I feel. I mean, I love her, but am I in love? I don't know. And, but when I had these other things happen to me, it was just like a, it was like a, a spark feeling, but it wasn't enough to like throw a marriage away over. It wasn't enough mm-hmm. to like leave my my kids behind over. So in my mind, it was like, okay, I fucked up, but you know, that's not enough to ruin my life. And I'm 
I, she makes me, my fiance now, she makes me tell her the story every so often so that we don't forget exactly how it happened. Cause you know, as you get older and whatever, we forget things, mm. but I will, I mean, it was at first fucking sight with me. I mean, the second I laid eyes on her and I was still married, but I was, on, we were kind of on the rocks and we were up and down again. And, and we were trying to maybe repair things, but kind of knew it was inevitable kind of beginning of the end kind of thing. Um, but I, it was, we were coworkers uh, or, well, we weren't coworkers yet. We were just opening a new restaurant and she was a prospective employee. So I already knew I was fucked. Um, and I saw her coming through the parking lot, you know, with a friend of hers and one of my fellow um, employees uh, or whatever, you know, I look over and I'm like, yo, who are those two hotties? And he's like, oh, those are the girls I was telling you about that I hired yesterday. They're coming in to help us do uh, like orientation paperwork and stuff. Cause we were opening a new restaurant. So um, I was like, all right, yo, I don't care what you do with the, that, that one over there, but the one on the right is mine. And I said it like joking around, right. It was like three guys in a, in a room, whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But, guy yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but I was like, but the one on the right is mine. Like don't even fucking think about it. And mm-hmm. I low key, um, I, I'm a, I'm not going to say stalked because that's creepy, but low key would just like pay more attention to her at work and like her mannerisms and how she did things. I go out of my way to try to talk to her. And I noticed after a while she would start doing the same, but like, I remember saying something to one of my coworkers, like fellow managers. And I said, you know, dude, I said, I'm going to fucking marry that girl someday. Like I just knew it. And it all without ever being physical, all of those pieces that I felt, were missing from me were 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 filled and it was the weirdest thing it was the most craziest instant thing and and here's the thing right so here i am married with two kids at the time i'm 30 or 32 and she's young she's like 20 years old you know we're like 12 13 years apart so but but like there was something about her and i just was like there's no way it's gonna fucking work you know what i mean like this is crazy like we're so far apart in age and different places in our lives but when she started showing the interest for me i was like it was like confirmation and then um you know we we met up a couple times and we talked a few times and then we i mean just we just started this relationship and then um and again you, you think i'd have learned from my previous mistakes but i didn't but i eventually came home one day and um, this was heartbreaking. It's like one of my worst memories, but it was, uh, I, I, I was done. It was over. I was going to tell my wife that we were, we were done. It was a spring day. And, um, you know, I remember the whole month we had two days where we actually could have spent some time together and we didn't. And that was like the clicky moment for me, Dan, like w- when we were apart, we were apart, but when we were together. It was like, there was no magnetism. It was like, it was like, here we are. We haven't seen each other in weeks and we're not all over each other. We're not snuggling. We're not kissing. We're not like, it didn't feel right. And I was done. Yeah. So I, I was like, and she was like, listen, I'm, I don't want to be the other girl. Like you're, you're either in or you're out. And uh, she wasn't giving me an ultimatum, but I was like, no, you're right. And I said, I'm going to, I'll talk to her tonight. And I went home and man, fucking wife 
She cleaned the whole house. It was a nice spring day. The windows were open and music was on. The door was open. She had cook. She had dinner on the stove. It smelled fucking delicious. And I'm like, and here I am. I made up my mind. Like, like I'm not backing out now. And, um, oh, yeah, dude, I like, I, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was the worst. It was the, it was the worst because I don't know what she was thinking. And maybe in those, maybe in that moment, she was, she was feeling the same thing I was. And she was trying to turn a corner, right. Maybe make a nice gesture to get things back on track. And I, I fucking ruined it. <laughs> so, um, probably one of the worst days yeah. of my life, but at the same time, it, it, it's the worst day of my life. Definitely. Yeah. But it it's, made, one the, it's definitely one of the worst. It's right up there with like, like like when my stepdad died or like yeah like died it's just it was a, a terrible awful feeling to have to do that i feel that man yeah. it was rough it was rough for a long time and i i mean i even then afterwards i went back and forth for a really long time because she was doing everything she could try to convince me to go to would go to counseling and would do this and i said listen we've been down this road on and off for two three years, like is, is inevitable. Like I didn't want this for us. You didn't want this for us, but like, it's fucking, it's time, you know? And, um, shit, man, I'll tell you what, I, I went bankrupt. I lost my job. Um, I was borderline homeless for a little bit. I mean, I had people I could stay with, but I didn't have a place that was mine that I could call my home. Um, I had to rebuild everything. And I know you've gone through some stuff too, but, um, I, that turning point in my life similarly was also one of the best decisions I ever made because where I'm at now, I am, and this is no disrespect to, to my ex-wife because we're good friends to this day. Um, but where I'm at now, I am the happiest I've ever been and it continues to just get better and better and better. And I'm in a better place mentally, emotionally, um, I could use a little more physical help because that, that, that gut it, Johnny, you're going to get there. I'm telling you, man. But, um, I will say the biggest thing is just, um, the, what I fear is like, when I say that to my kids, like, and they see how happy I am, I wonder if they're going to, how they're going to feel like, well, like, why didn't you feel that with mom, you know, right. and then have to try to explain that, um, I don't know you that you really, really can like feel it, man. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've tried as a parent, you know, as a dad and, and all that to just do everything I could possibly do to the best of my ability so that in the end, like they see that the, the intention, the intentions were right and pure. And I, I made the decisions for, for good reasons. And, um, and they never went without and they were never affected by it. We shielded them from a lot. Um, so I hope that they've, when, when it all comes back, you know, full circle that they can reflect and say, you know, that really sucks. My mom and dad didn't stay together, but you know, he never stopped being a fucking dad and he did everything he possibly could. And, you know, and when they get really old or much older, they'll, they'll see, how hard mom and I work to try and stay civil. Right. You know, cause as they go through life and have their own experiences, they'll be like, ah, okay. You know, now I get it. I, know I get it. Right. <laughs> we all been there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like when mom or, or your, your, your dad says, uh, it laughs down on you and says, you know, <laughs> you fucker, you know, you found one just like you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, it all comes back. So, yeah. 
So yeah, yeah. That same as you, man. Never been happier, dude. And even after like the hardest day I've ever done, I've never been happier because of it. Such an odd sentence to say out loud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, well, Dan, you, Dan, if you, you don't mind, I wouldn't mind going back though. I mean, so right now you're, you're, you're the happiest you've been in, in your life. And that's awesome for you. I'm, we're all happy for you, man. We're really happy that you're at this point, man. You deserve to be there. But <clears throat> leading up, getting back to this point, I'm sure that took a toll on your mental health. How did you get through that during such a tough time? D- did you lean on a support system? Did you go, you know what? Yeah, really, got- like, honestly, like, no. Heather was, like, awesome. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, I didn't really, like, you know, I said, I didn't, <laughs> didn't stay off the market, you know? <clears throat> I went for, like, and, you know, we took, like, a real risk of that. And I'm sure a lot of people thought we were batshit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what in the world are you feeling? Like, I was just, like, and I just keep telling, like, I'm telling you, like, she's the one. Like, I, I'm, you just got to go with me on this. I can't. Dude, I, those words are I so can't. fucking familiar. I mean, it was yeah. the same exact conversation with my mom. Yeah. It's like, how could you possibly know? You've never, you know, no, my mom her, you know really, that just fucking knows. Oh, my mom. I, I, I got to give my mom a lot of props. I know she doesn't fully approve of how this whole thing has went down. But she is happy. I'm really happy. And she does like Heather. Yeah, that's always key. Yeah. So, like, I think she, like, wishes I would have handled things a little different. But, and it's fine. I, I'm okay. I, I I fully accept that some people think I could have handled myself differently through this whole thing. And that's fine, you know. You know, relationships in my life have been affected because of it. it I understand that, you know. But I... Definitely, I said I, there was never for me. There was never infidelity, you know. Yeah. When I went into it, like that's when I moved on because I knew I couldn't do it anymore. But anyway, um, to go back, what were we talking about? Um, bring me back in. Where were we? Uh, I want to see how you, your mental health, like get get, get getting yes, to this thank point. You, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, I still had moments like I just, even though I'm with someone I know is my person, and I know. That eventually on the line, I'm going to marry, have a family with this person. I just, just, I can just tell you're still dealing with the fallout of a breakup at the same mm-hmm. time. I'm very good at compartmentalizing. Okay. Like I could take something and put it away. I don't really have anxiety. I don't, I don't know. I know I'm lucky enough and blessed enough to deal with stuff like that. You know, I can handle most things pretty well. Like, I've always very much been a, okay, this is life. This is the decision you made. You're going to fucking be a man about it. And you're going to continue living and doing your thing. And you're going to keep your shit together. You're not going to miss work. You're not going to do anything like that. You know, you're only going to miss work if you have to because of, like, you know, divorce something. You know, when you have to go to court, you got to take the day off of work. You know, when you have to go to so UBC, your lawyer, you got to take the day off of work. It's just all there is to it. And excuse me. Mm-hmm. Mouth is really dry there. Um, <laughs> Somebody pulled that <laughs> cotton mouth. Yes, yes, it's bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, then you, you, what was I say? You're go there and go to a lawyer. Ah, damn. Johnny Bones, you got me all distracted when I took a thing of water. <laughs> um, you know, you're still going through all that stuff and you're mm-hmm. going through this while you have a relationship. You know, you know it's the person you love. And, you know, you're processing a breakup at the same time as starting a relationship and Heather, mm-hmm. because, you know, 
she had been there after coming out of, I mean, she was, she's obviously been divorced too. She has a child and, you know, she kind of went from her, you know, ex-husband right into, you know, the guy she was dating right before me. And, you know, she kind of knows like, I know exactly what you're going through right now. And I get it. So she was someone I could really lean on because she was someone I could talk to and she knew what to say to me, if that makes sense. Right. You know, really like it showed me that there's a maturity to this relationship. And I know I could really count on this person to like be there for me because she says she realizes that we're meant to be with each other just as much as I do. And we're going to do everything possible to get through that. Nothing's going to stop us from doing it. So instead of me burying all my emotion from, you know, the breakup, I was able to actually talk to her about it. And, you know, I have, you know, I talked to, obviously I have friends I could talk to. I talked to my mom, you know, my mom and about it, you know, me and her are really are, are close like that, you know, and, uh, it was, it was definitely a, uh, it was good to have that network to talk to people. So I could just bury myself in a negative part of it. And then eventually as time went on and I, and, and my ex was more and more out of my life, like visually in my life, you know, I could start processing and think about like, you know, the earlier times in our relationship, you know, the good times, you know, as people like to refer to them as, you know, and I was like, yeah, it really was some really good, happy times we had together. And right. we definitely both, you know, grew for a time with each other and we were good for each other to have in our lives for I think a good amount of years but unfortunately it just wasn't the forever thing and then I look you know I'm thinking about that laying in bed I look next to me I look at Heather I'm like that's that's the forever thing you know like that's just what is a just thing and it was a feeling I, you know, I, I can't, I've never felt it before. As I said, it's, I didn't feel it with my ex. There's no disrespect to her. I just didn't, you know, you can't, your, your body tells you what you love. You love who you love. You know, John Mayer wrote a great song about that. Dude, you all know what got me through a lot of this shit, dude, dude? Mm-hmm. Fucking dudes like John Mayer and like Jason Isbell. Those guys mm-hmm. just write songs for dudes who are going through breakups in their 30s. Like, that's what yeah. all their songs were about. It's fucking awesome. I was like, oh, yeah. And then, like, and Isbo takes it a step further, and he actually writes songs about the, the new really gets it. Dude, there's some other great music. I, I got to do Grace Potter put out this album a few years ago, and she kind of went through almost the same thing I did, judging from the album. Like, she was with her husband, and they broke up because she fell in love with somebody else, basically. You know, and she wrote a whole album about it. Um, the hell's name of the album? I gotta look it up because it's worth me looking up. And music really helped, man. As stereotypical mm-hmm. as it sounds, but uh, freaking, I can't even, I can't even tell you like listening to other songwriters who go through this. I'm like, man, other people are going through this. It's actually mm-hmm. made me want to start picking up the guitar again and start writing again. Start writing. And maybe, yeah. And maybe start rethinking how, how, how I'm playing music again. Because mm-hmm. I can rethink how I play music again because somebody's way supportive of that because I understand it is my passion. It's, you know, it's a really breath of, like, breath of fresh air, man. Johnny said it before, you know, mm-hmm. really feels just good to have like that sort of just freedom and that love back in your life. You know, somebody mm-hmm. who does want, like when I go inside, the first thing I'm going to do is we're going to snuggle. Yeah. We're gonna next to each other, mm-hmm. we're going to go to bed. Now would you know, be a great time to segue 
uh, you know, it would a be a promo. really great place <laughs> to have more of that conversation about the John Mayer and all those other artists on a little show called the music that saved me right here on the fourth wall pop oh, network. Shameless plug. That's, that's what Jared's known for. J- I would absolutely like want to have you hour. on that show, especially <laughs> after that little last little bit of the conversation. Mm-hmm. I think, I think we could really uh, expound on that quite a bit. Yeah. That Grace Potter album dude is called daylight. It came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen to that. I mean, I could go off on a tangent about, you know, the music I had, you know, leaned on through all my times, because aside from the the guilt and the shame that I felt from what I did, you talk about like family and your mom and having to try to explain your position from the outside in, right. Everybody looked at my ex and I as the, like, we were the ones we were going to make it. I was the first in my family um, to really get like, go to college and seem to have my shit together and met a great woman. We had kids and we were renting a house. We had good jobs. We made good money. We had all the things. And, um, and I wrecked it all. <laughs> um, not as all wrecked, but um, the one person. So my, on my dad's side, you know, my, my grandmother, she's hardcore, hundred percent Sicilian. And so you want to talk about whose heart was really broken. Um, you know, at the time, my seven-year-old grandmother uh, was, was, I mean, talk about feeling shame. and. I mean, I don't know that there's a person in this, on this planet that loves me more than my grandmother. Right. I mean, and then no disrespect to my parents, but I just, I just, and I know some people can relate to that. Um, and the look in her eyes and what she felt. Um, and I, and I, I just could see it. I could feel it. It was uh, agonizing, but I had to trust my gut and my instincts and the conversation I had with my mom, I, I remember tell you exactly what street I was on, what time of day, where the sun was. And I just stopped her because she's like, how do you know? How do you know? You never, you never, you haven't lived with her. You've never experienced anything together. You're 13 years apart. She hasn't gone through any of the things that you've gone through in life. You know, you've never paid bills together. You've never, never done the real life things. You never raised kid, any of that. And I said, mom, I, I know what you're saying. I respect it. I understand it. It makes sense. Right. And I know from your perspective, what I'm doing does not make sense, but you got to trust me. I just know. And I leaned on that for, for quite a while with multiple family members. I, I lost friends. I lost really good friends over this divorce. I lost some Man. family members for a period of time. Um, oh, dude, I know. dude. And uh, I just had to trust it. You just got to trust that, you know, like, listen, trust me. You're going to love her. It's going to be for the best. And I'm going to tell you what, everybody, that one person that's ever met her has said, eh, I don't know. I think you were better off, you know, with your right. ex. Never, not one. Everybody loves her. And, and, and that's nothing against the ex either because right. everybody still loves her. In fact, in fact, we had Christmas dinner at my grandma's with my ex. Mm-hmm. And I mean, talk about fucking wild. I mean, best case scenario type shit. Right. Um, well, and, you have the kids together, you know. Right. And that's the thing. That's we the we made thing. it all about the kids and it was right. always about the kids. And but the family is always kept in touch with her and she's kept in touch with them um, because it wasn't her fault, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's worked out. And, and in the end, they've 
they were like, okay, you know, all right, I guess you were right. You knew what you were doing. It's like, well, whew, thank God for that. Jared, so, yes, you have your hand no, up no. Uh, in I, the corner. So I was trying to figure out a way to like throw something out there subtly. And I put my hand up and I'm seeing this little circle. Apparently <laughs> yeah, this thing, it, it recognizes hand gestures. Oh, Hold your of... hand up long enough. It'll come up. It's the wildest fucking thing. Uh, Anywho, I don't know. No, We're all I, just looking like a bunch of the, corny assholes yeah. waving to each other. The, no, just go like this. Oh, yeah, it'll Maybe it should pop up hands, at the bottom. Reach out. You might also me. have to enable hand gestures. It just oh, okay. showed up. Now at we're the getting. Now we're getting. It's crazy. So, um, I did want to throw out that as Jesus, as uh, this is why we don't get any serious conversations done because we can't have nice things. Huh. So, as someone on the outside adjacent we'll call it um it's very easy for people to pass judgment or have opinions or make stances or whatever the case is um and there there's a very fine line that you can walk so you can have i mean john your your case in specific so i i i did not shy away from making my opinion known but at the same time i also said look as far as my opinion on it and i gave my opinion i mm-hmm. said but at the end of the day it's not my situation it's not my life it's not my situation it's not my it's not my place to tell you what you should and should not do i'll give Thank you the you. yes I'll give you the A and the B. I'll give you what I see could be the A and the B of the outcomes and the, the what might happen. But your personal choices, don't they don't impact me in this case. So thank you. I'll voice my opinion, but that's it. Like I never saw it appropriate to be like, no, I mean, I told you how I felt about your decision, but I yeah. never said, you know, because of what you did, that, that's it. We're excommunicated, like done. All I said was, look, here's my stance. Here's what I could possibly see happening. Um, but it doesn't, you're not doing something to me. So I'm out, tapped out. Right. Like, All right. But and yeah, along and the way like, was super supportive awesome. as well yes. throughout time. Just continue to be supportive. Yeah. The people who like, if I've lost like contact or like I've lost levels of friendship with people, it's the people who are making it about themselves and yep. making a judgment themselves. I'm like, if you're a friend, you just like you, don't you just want me to be happy? You know, and the people who act like that are the people like it's like, it's almost like, finding out who your friends are and like, or seeing what your friends, what friends value, what, and like, for me, I value all my friends' happiness. Right. You know, well, and, more and above think- anything else. I, I, but friends, family, if I ever hear them talk about anything or I ever hear them, they complain about, you know, significant others, I always ask them like, well, are you still happy? You know, because now that I'm like the sub person who like, you know, left his wife, people ask me like, well, I'm feeling like this. Did you feel like this? People give me this. And I get this, these questions, you know, a lot. And I, I go, you just got to keep asking yourself if you're happy. Like, yeah. That's the thing. Like, I realize, like, 
I wasn't happy. And once I like that realization really hit me, that's when I knew. Yeah. You know, because once I, you're I, not happy, that's when you're going to start looking elsewhere. Yeah. And I, I think you tapped on a couple good points there. So, first, you were right in the initial statement of you find out who your friends really are. Right. Um, like, it, or judging. You weren't in my house. You don't yeah, know what's going right. on. And, you know, all the time in their house. And I'm not saying there was any like these these awful, awful things going on. There was no abuse or anything like that, you know. But you don't know what our relationship was like when you put behind closed doors, you know. Right. That, right. Yeah. You see, you see the you facade, see and and yeah. right. There's a lot of people that put on a facade, but some people that facade is very thin. And some people have to really put a very thick facade on in order to make the outward appearance look a lot better. You know, hard, um, you know, the biggest uh, culprit of that is social media. Like in, oh, in, a, in, a, in a private setting, you know, at a party, you can kind of maybe read body language, right? You can tell when a couple shows up and they've had an argument or not having the best day. Right. Um, but especially over the last few years, <laughs> um, you know, when you're not out and, and seeing each other as much or whatever, it, I mean, people only know what you post, you know what right. I mean? And right. uh, they have no freaking clue. And then it's like, oh, my God, so-and-so, did you hear they broke up or got divorced or oh, whatever? Yeah. It is <laughs> unbelievable, yeah, how much people rely on fucking Facebook to mm-hmm. keep up with other humans. Oh, they're smiling. Like, they must be happy. Look right, at them. Right. Such a happy <laughs> couple. <laughs> Meanwhile. Like, you're yeah. my friend. Mm-hmm. If I don't, like, I guess, like, dude. I realize the people who I've now become close with are the ones who don't rely on Facebook to right. <laughs> go over us. Or like they're the people who rely on saying hello to each other, shooting a text message to one another, participating in a group chat with friends, you know, keeping up with each other like that. Like that's like, I prefer that sort of interaction than mm-hmm. putting all my info on the fucking interwebs and having yeah. a like contest with somebody else. Get the fuck here. Yeah, I don't need all you people to like my posts. I need the people I love to like. I don't know say I need them to like my posts, but you know what I mean. To actually yeah. reach out, I just have yeah. my network. I, I have my my family, my close friends, mm. and now know what my what friends truly value my happiness as much as I value their happiness. And that's right. how when the life goes on, man. Like mm-hmm. like I said, compartmentalize that shit. If you ever want to come around and you ever want to come and say, oh, you know, I you know you. I might have handled this differently, you know, you know, we, we should have talked more or whatever. Like there's people like that, that. I'm cool to have people like that come back into my life. I'm not a fucking person to hold grudges. Right. But if you're going to fucking, if you're going to fucking judge me harshly and like, you just fuck off. See you later. Like fuck off till you stop that bullshit. And I, I think the other, the other good point you hit on was recognizing when the situation didn't work. And like, just realize it. There's, there's really no reason to continue that charade, to continue the, the call it a, a play. I mean, that's basically what it is. You're, you're in a play. You're, your life is a play. You are playing a role. You're playing a part. And what is that really accomplishing you? N- nothing. You're not getting paid to play that role. Like, and, and that's where those people fuck them if they can't, not if they can't take a joke, but if they can't appreciate the situation, like, mm. you, like you said, you were not in my house. You were not there 
when the door was shut and mm-hmm. the fancy, you know, dress up clothes come off and the reality comes out. And right. You were not there for the nitty gritty. You were not there for the, you know, lonely nights or quiet times sitting by yourself because you just, the two of you were not like, it's one thing to both be in a room doing, you know, whatever it is you're doing, but you're coexisting and you're enjoying each other's presence. It's another thing to be at two opposite corners of the house, have absolutely no desire to be in the same spot in the same house. Like, and, and at that point it's like, shit, like that's not an enjoyable life. So no, I've talked to, I've talked about on the show that that was me for five years before I finally found the, 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 the missus, you know, and, and, you know, going back to what Dan said about social media, a lot of my friends who I might not, might not talk to on a regular basis were shocked when that relationship ended. And then I moved on. They're like, but you guys look so happy. I'm like, first of all, how many pictures of me online did you actually see of the two of us? And for those of you, like the three of you on this call who who knew me during that time, knew that I was miserable. Right. I know. True. But Dan, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. People have to just fucking, if you want to be my friend, reach out to me. Find out what the real story is. Don't go off of fucking pictures on social media. Right. And, it and, is absurd how and, how you could think like that. Right. And I understand that the real story might you know is going to paint me in a bad light in certain ways you know and that's just the reality of the situation you know it's I, I, it's people are rarely perfect what do you want me to tell you yeah you know? mm-hmm. and you know that that goes on both ends of things you know so and yeah it's just it's it sucks because you know you don't want you know, you, you're losing something big already. So now you're losing more because you feel like some of your relationships with your friends aren't the same. Mm-hmm. But like I said, like, you know, I'm also quite happy, like just, you know, focusing on, on my family, focusing on just what's best for them, mm-hmm. you know, focusing on doing things with them, you know, and, you know, I look, and it's not like I don't go see friends, you know, I go out all the time. I get to mm-hmm. do things still. But like I said, it just, I definitely, uh, it could definitely be a friend group narrower, you know, once yeah. you're a couple anymore, especially your couple's friends, you know, mm-hmm. they're just like, oh, now you guys aren't a couple. What the hell is this all about? Going <laughs> <laughs> to fucking whole wrench and everything. You want to know it's insane? So I had, pe- I mean, I had friends through my through my ex that um i mean the like the day we i guess made it public or they found out or whatever to, haven't talked to them not a fucking text not a call i mean most of them were her friends to begin with but there were friendships that we grew together i mean people right. we knew from college um you know one of her best friends husband um and i became really good friends we were in a dart league together we hung out together like uh, you know I mean, it was just like, it was immediate. It was weird. It was like, they took sides and um, there's a good 20, at least 20 people that for whatever reason, maybe, I don't know if it was because of how it happened or they lost respect or whatever, but none of them even reached out and said, fuck you. 
Like right. <laughs> they didn't even like curse me out or tell me off. None of them texted me. Ties I mean, just it. cut it, dude. Cold yeah. Turkey. I mean, I could rattle off. I had five guys that I flew to Dallas with that were her friends that she grew up with that we, they invited me on a trip to giants Cowboys game. And uh, for this one dude's birthday, I mean, we had a fucking blast. It was greatest. One of the greatest trips of my life. I mean, I was so shit faced. I got more, almost as shit faced as I did in my bachelor party. And if you were at my bachelor party, you know how fucking shit faced I was. You got were you <laughs> shit faced? <laughs> yes, Is that my did. wedding? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's up there. Top oh three, God. your wedding, my bachelor party, Dallas, Texas, uh, or Arlington, Texas. Sorry. Jared, but, your uh, wedding was sad. Uh, That's another story. It was insane. And I can tell you those five guys, never a fucking word again um and then and i could tell you another 10 or 12 at least um that i haven't even i mean haven't heard of and it's funny is like we're still i have i have an old facebook that i use we're still friends on that old facebook i don't really use it anymore um i have twitter i have an instagram that i've had for i mean forever since they came out they still like follow me or whatever but not one has reached out and then i lost a couple really good friends um, you know, which was tough. And, um, and my brother and I, my brother and I almost, I mean, we stopped talking for six to eight months, um, over it. And it's like, what it has nothing to fucking do with any of you. And you could be mad. Right. You could be upset. You could call me a shit bag, but there's no reason why we couldn't continue to go fishing or go grab it for the first couple of years. Maybe I think it's awkward, but we're all adults, right? You can have the relationships you want with the people you want to have relationships with. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, you know, and, and, it, and when I saw that, it wasn't even worth my time to fucking try to reach out to them. It's like, why, why, you know, I'm going to reach out to them and say, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm getting divorced. Do you, uh, you want to still be my buddy? Fuck you. Right. You know what I mean? See ya. Right. So I got like five friends mm. and three or two. Well, I mean, Dan, you're kind of friend. I've only known, known you like for three podcasts, but you know, for the purpose of this podcast, I have six friends and three of them are on the screen right now. So, you know, it's crazy. You know, I think, I think the moral of this episode is that through all the shit and through all the really tough times where you don't know what to do, we all ended up pretty, pretty, Good, I think, at the end of it. I mean, Dan, Dan, you're in the happiest spot you've been. Johnny, you ended up, we we, we know your story where you ended up. Everyone knows my story now. You know, uh, Jared's got some big things on the horizon, too, which we'll get into that next week's episode or the next episode of Smoking Jays. But, uh, I mean, th- that that's the moral of this story, you know, is like, through all the shit, you, 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 you'll, you'll fucking find gold somewhere. You know, it, it's never hard, but it's worth it. You know, I'm not a very religious person, but I, I do believe that the universe works in, in, in mysterious ways. And at the end, you're you're always where you're supposed to be and you're going to wind up where you were meant to wind up, right. you know. And, and I think even people who are really religious kind of believe that, too. Um, you know, it's just look, you they people say, like, God doesn't give you anything that you can't handle. Right. Or you can't overcome. Um, and, and I I don't know. I just think that that's true in uh, many walks of life. Um, you know, and, and at the end, you're better off, you're better person because of it. And they're all cliches, but really they all hold true. Um, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're going to wind up where you're supposed to be. And when it's your time for this or time for that, that's what it is. You know? yeah. And I, I think I misspoke. I meant to say it's never easy. I think I said, it's never hard. It's, it's hard. It's always well, hard. Even, what when, I was... even, 
even when you get to these moments, I mean, I mentioned it last time I spoke with you guys, you know, like now I'm, 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 I'm a husband, I'm a father and people don't talk about it, but it's fucking hard. Dude, I'm going through the hardest time of my life you know? right now. Besides the divorce, which was emotionally hard and, 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 you know, on so many levels, obviously. And then, and then it was financially hard. Like I lost mm-hmm. her income. She was a nurse. I yeah. mean, she was making a lot more money than I was. I was a restaurant manager, you know, and I wound up having a, I mean, change gears altogether. I mean, started over at a $15 an hour job in, in, you know, 2004, 15 or whatever. So that was not a lot of money and it wasn't covered, barely covered child support. So, um, but right now, at 40 with two new kids and balancing the families and mm-hmm. my energy and my health. And um, I mean, and work it's um, life is fucking it's, it, it's, it's challenging. I'll say this is it, challenging. It's, it's better word. Than it's not hard. Yeah. Right. And there are hard moments, um, but I don't wake every day. I wake up every day, but it's challenging it is definitely fucking challenging and um but shit man wait, just so gotta learn those lessons said, god's not gonna throw at you what he knows you what he knows you can't catch as challenging and as difficult as it is it's always worth it and that's that's right. what i was trying to get to the point right. i was getting to it's it's difficult but it's always worth it and to to circle back to what you accidentally said um if you're in the wrong relationship it's never hard but if you're in the right relationship it's hard more often than it's not Oh, that's the dad joke of the fucking that, the history I of the was, show. I'm done. Good. Ta- that should that be the last good. dad joke ever. Yes. So on and that Rob, note, that probably you you should probably never tell a dad joke again after that. Ever. One. Right. Ever. That I can't help. I can't make promises on that. That was good. That should be the title note, of the show. That right there is a good good uh, opportunity for us to uh, to call it a night and say good night to the listeners. Dan, thank you so much, man. For yes. joining us this week Thank and for sharing your story, we are all very happy for you, proud of you, man. Uh, you're in a great spot, and you are always welcome to join us again here on the Spoken Jays. We'd love to talk to you more. Basically, uh, Bones, before I go, mm-hmm. you don't have to give me any, um, you don't have to give me uh, any uh, analysis. You gotta listen to the 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 menagerie for that. Mm-hmm. But just quickly, yes or no. Cody Rhodes beat Roman Reigns. Oh my God! Yes. Okay. All right. I got well, adrenaline in my why? soul. I got adrenaline in my soul. Just remember that. For those who are wondering what we're talking about, we're talking about WrestleMania because it is WrestleMania season. If you want to hear more about WrestleMania, go check out New Normal Wrestling's two-part series. It's the annual Mania Menagerie right here on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. Dan, thank you for that awesome segue. And again, thank you for joining us here, uh, us here on the Smoking Jays. So you know what would also be a great thing to listen to uh, here on the Fourth Wall Pop Network? The upcoming episode with Dan on the music that saved me. Wow, look at that. That's another good segue. I didn't even know oh, you, it's in, coming. you interviewed Dan. Oh, I love yeah. It. I love it. It's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. And if you haven't well, figured this out yet, it? listeners, you could well, find... All this great content right here on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. But if this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for listening to the Smoking Jays. And please be sure to show your support by checking us out on social media at Smoking Jays Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. And be sure to show your support for the Fourth Wall Pop Network at Fourth Wall Pop 
on all your social medias. Make sure you tell your friends. Make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Give us a like. Give us a five-star rating. Leave some comments. Tell, tell us what you want to hear on the next episode. Tell us what you know, be be part of the conversation. You know, interact with us. We want to be able to chat with our listeners. We want you guys all involved. So on that note, once again, big thank you to Doc Haas, a fourth wall original. Hope to see you again really soon, my man. And of course, on behalf of Johnny G and his dad Bod and just Jared and that and his final dad joke ever. Oh, I'm absolutely Johnny not. Bones. We God, are the smoking days. Oh, it's it's it's, and I'm sure we're going to hear some more, more bad ones from Jared. But once again, we are the Smoking Jays. And until next time, I'll see you when I'm looking at you. Showing off my round. Yo, show me that again, bro. Yo, Johnny, you want to see what else? Ah, I that's showed? what I'm talking about. You want to see what else I showed, Jared? Oh, oh, <laughs> shit! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking a. Now I'm oh, definitely Jesus. gonna go rub one out. Jesus Christ! Good thing we're recording. That's fantastic. <laughs> Oh, God, you have this on fucking video, too, bro. Uh, don't worry. I never download the video file. I promptly delete those. <laughs> Why do you delete them? I keep that shit. The video files? Blackmail, bro. Yeah. Listen. So, Johnny oh. J. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, Jared. Hold on. Just fucking, just, just chill. Johnny J. Does Johnny G know who our guest is tonight? I do. Oh, okay, good. You know who our guest is? Because um, do you know who our guest is? It's I that know guy. Who our guest, I know who our fucking it's guest. That is. guy. He's, well, a fourth, he's a fourth wall original. That guy so, right there. That him right there. I don't that's know our guest. At. No, see <laughs> on my, on my screen. Hey, hey.